We're on a series called What's Next? And when I started this series, I started off by asking us three questions to set up the context of this sermon. And I want to just remind us of those three questions. The first is this. Have you ever felt like there's something missing? In the highs and lows, in the journey of life, you've ever felt like something's missing? Have you ever desired a clearer sense of purpose or direction for your life? Or have you ever asked yourself, what's next? You know, I think if we're all honest, we can all say, yeah, I've been there or I am there right now. That there's just times where I just don't know. But you know what? I'm thankful for the Word of God that gives us clear direction, clear path, clear next steps to help us to begin to discover what we can do for God and what our next steps are. You know, the God that we serve hasn't just gone, we'll just go and just work it out on your own. No, He's given us the Word of God to instruct us and help us how to discover what our next step is. And, you know, in John 10, 10, it talks about the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, which means for us as believers to have the abundant life that Christ desires for us, it's about taking next steps. Because naturally, if you're not taking steps forward, naturally, we're taking steps backwards. Because naturally, we'll swing to our sinful uh, nature. We're going to continue to move forward in the abundance that Christ has for us which is the Bible has made it very clear what those steps are that we're going to get to in a few moments. But we, we kicked off the series talking about, you know, the next step for all of us is we're going to continue to have a personal vision, a God vision for our life. And our vision is God's voice. It's not about trying to go and find what the vision of your life is. It's about discovering it, discovering what the Word of God says, grabbing onto that Word and letting that drive you forward in what God has for your life, because the Word of God is vision. Some things haven't yet um, been accomplished in our life yet that are in Scripture, in our life personally. So we grab hold of that and we move forward with that, knowing that God has that for us. So God, we've got to have a personal vision. Last week, Mel preached an amazing word. I wasn't here, but I heard it was great. And um, everybody loves Mel. She's a great preacher, isn't, isn't she? And, yeah. And she, she's just not quite, quite as good as me, but she's getting there. She's... she's you know what the funny thing is, during the week in our staff meeting, we always share stories of life's being changed and what God's doing through the life of our church. And whenever Mel preaches, it's always, when Mel preached, this happens. It's like angels come down from heaven and, and everybody just got set free. And I'm just like, she only preaches a few times. I preach to almost every week and no one says anything. It's like, I'm getting so insecure these days. I think I might have to take her off the roster. But, uh, nah, but... Well, I'm just thankful we've got great communicators of the word. And, you know, for, for me and for Mel and I, we, we minister together. We love to preach. We've sown our life into, and we're going to continue to serve our life into building the church, building people up. And uh, we, we've found what God's called us to do. And we're going to keep doing that as, as, as the best way that we can. But today I want to talk about this next step. Our next step is we've got to grow. We've got to continue to grow into what God has for us. And you know what? So many times you think, what does growth look like? Well, it's different for everybody, but you've got to discover what God wants you to grow into. Now, our, our end result is the same. We want to make disciples. We want to win the lost. But we all have unique gifts that we've got to begin to follow and outwork in our life, which means that we've all got areas that we can grow. We've got to work out where we're at so we know what the next step is in our growth. Because everyone's in a, in a different, what is it? We're all not on the same, we haven't all, we're not, we're not all, hang on, help, Jesus help me be able to communicate this clearly. 
we all uh, haven't progressed as much as each other. Like some people have progressed further, some aren't as far down the track as others, which means we've all got next steps. We've got to work out where we're at so we know what the next step is. And you know what? The Word of God has made it very clear of what the path is that God has for us, what the steps are that we are to take. It's all through Scripture, and we're going to go through that today. But the first point that I want to pull out and remind us of is that if we're going to grow, it's all about being in the right environment. You've got to be in the right environment. If you want to grow, you can, be, you can have all the potential in the world, but if you're in the wrong environment... You will, never, you will never be able to grow into what God's called you to be. See, the Scriptures makes it very clear what good ground is. Good ground is people that hear the Word of God and accept the Word of God, which means they come into agreement with the Word of God. That's the good ground. It talks about the parable of the seed, the one that fell on the rocks, the thorn, and the one that was the good soil that produced the good result was ones that they heard the Word of God and they agreed with it. So if you want to be able to flourish and grow into all that God has for you, you've got to make sure you find yourself and place yourself in good soil. I believe that this church is good ground. Amen? We've got, half, we've got half a clap there. But anyway, you know why I know this is good soil? Because this church isn't built on opinions. This church is built on the Word of God, in agreement with the Word of God. If God says it, that's what we do, not based on opinions. And I think if we want to continue to position ourselves in an environment that grows, don't base it on opinion, base it on the Word of God. You know, I, I, when I first moved to Wagga, we, we had a house that we moved into in, in winter. When we moved in, the grass was completely dead. I thought, man, this got this house, the grass is dead. I put fertilizer on it. I watered it. I cast its demons out. I did everything I could, and it would not go green. It just wouldn't go green. So I just left it. I go, forget about it. Spring comes, and suddenly it turns green. I think I didn't do anything. It just... The season changed, the environment changed, and suddenly it's green and growing. You see, the grass that I had, it wasn't dead, it had gone dormant. And when it found itself in the right season is when it began to flourish. And you see, I think sometimes in life we can think that we've missed it, we're dead, I don't know how I'm going to be able to grow and flourish into what God has for me. Can I tell you something? Everybody has greatness in you. The call of God cannot be revoked. All you've got to do is put yourself in the right season, in the right environment, and that seed will come back to life. You haven't missed it. You've got greatness inside of you, no matter how old you are, and you have a step to take in growing into the abundance that God has in store for you in Jesus' name. So for us to know what's next, we've got to know where we're at right now. And I believe that the path that God has for us, it's clear, and he makes it known to us, which is what it says in Psalm 16, verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So this psalm is saying, you will make known to me the path of life. God makes known to us the path, the next step, how we can grow into the abundance in what God has in store for us. And I believe that these steps aren't about going one to four to three. The steps that God has for us is one, two, three, four. And when we can find where we're at, on the path of life that God has for us, we can begin to make choices on how we can take the next step to grow in what God has for us. You might go, well, is this the four steps to, to, to growth? Now, this is the four steps that I believe that all through Scripture that God has wanted for all of us. It's very clear through Scripture. There's so many stories in the Bible about these, these very four things, and, 
and what God wants for us on the path of life. But in Ephesians 1 verse 17 and 18, I love the way that it's communicated here and I want to help us to begin to discover the next step that God has for all of us. Because you know what, as a pastor, it's not like I'm here to preach the word, but I'm almost like a spiritual guide. I'm trying to help you to discover what God has for you. You know, you can get into the word by yourself. You can, you can read scripture. But when we gather together, I'm bringing instructions to the church on how we can continue to grow into the abundance that God has for us as a church. So here we go. We're going to get into this. Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18. It says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will gi- may give you the, sp- the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So Paul's praying that God give them wisdom and revelation so they can know the path, the journey, what you have for them to grow into. You know what, my prayer is that for us as well, that we'll continue to have the revelation and wisdom of God so that we can understand the path that God is making known to us, the path that leads to life and growth in Jesus' name. And then he goes in and he gives us four things in the next few verses that I believe that is the path that God makes known to us. And this all through scripture is what God has wanted for everybody And we can begin to identify today where we're at so we can grow and take the next steps into what God has for us. He says this, so that you may know him better. That you may know him better. I'm going to put some language just to paraphrase and make it clear these verses. That I believe the first step that God wants for all of us, for everybody, all of humanity, is to know God. Is to know God. You know what, there's people here today that maybe you don't know God. You know of God, but you don't know him personally. And at the end of this service, we're going to give you an opportunity to know God. But it's saying to know him, to know somebody. It's personal. It's not about head knowledge or belonging to a community. But God wants you to know him personally, heart to heart. You might go, isn't that that simple? But you know what? There's some people, well, there's a lot of people in this world that don't know God. They don't know that there's a God that loves them, that's for them that paid the price for their sins so that they can live in the freedom that he has for them. But to know God. You know, you know the greatest testimony of this church or the greatest feedback I hear isn't necessarily about Pastor Mel preaching and the, and the amazing worship that we have. You know what the greatest testimony is about this church is that people walk in and go, these people know God. There's something different about them. They have, they have a relationship with God. They walk with a different confidence. See, for us to be the church that God's called us to be, it's not about us getting better up here, even though we're always working at that, but it's about us as a church continuing, continuing to know God and working on our relationship with Him, knowing Him personally. You know, there's a scripture that I read as a young person that always scared me. It kept me on track. It always helped me to make the right decisions about knowing God. And it says this in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 23, this is what it says. It says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So here we can see that there's a group of people that could have done great things for God, could have belonged to a church, but they never knew God. They never had a personal relationship with God. And he's saying, you know what, I never knew you. Get away from me. I don't want that to be said about anybody in our church. I want it to be said that, man, we know God. We're pursuing God. We're not perfect, but we're pursuing our relationship with him to know God. 
Not about a head knowledge, not about belonging to a certain family or a certain denomination, but knowing him personally. So we see that the, the, the path that he makes known to us is the first is that he wants everybody to know him. Know that he's a God that loves us and a God that's made a way that we can live a life that he's called, the life that he's called us to live. Keep reading on. It says, I pray that the eyes of my heart may be enlightened. Now, I don't know about you, but my eyes are on my head, not on my heart. I sort of read this and go, obviously this isn't a literal thing. It's talking about that we don't necessarily see things from our eyes, we see things from our heart, which means that we go through the filter of what our experience has been in life to how we look at things. The best way to articulate this is someone once told me, you don't see the world the way that it is, you see the world the way that you are. And the language that I want to put behind this is, you know, I pray that the eyes of my heart, may, that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that God wants everybody to find freedom. He wants you to know God and he wants to heal your heart so you can see the way that he wants you to see. Not seeing out of your past hurts, addictions, disappointments, but finding freedom from that so you can see the way that God wants you to see. You know, I find this is where a lot of people don't move on from. They know God, they're saved, they're going to heaven, but they never find freedom, which means it's a hell of a journey to get to heaven. But God wants to give you freedom here on earth. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Or who the sun sets free, he is making free. He's showing you how to get free of the hurts and the things of the past so that you can see your heart can be enlightened to all that God has in store for you. Come on, God wants you to know him, but he wants you to find freedom. So how do we find freedom? I'm glad that you asked. I'm going to tell you right now. It's in scripture. James 5 verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When I read this, I, I like to put it this way. God's not limited to anything. He can do whatever he wants to do. But what I see is that God forgives, but people heal. God uses people to heal us. If we want to find freedom, it's about doing life with people, that we can confess our sins, that we can share our struggles and battles so that they can lead us to Christ, they can lead us to a path that leads to freedom. Now, that's why, and I think Oral's going to give me a big amen for this one, that's why we do life groups. Amen. It's not there just to do a Bible study, even though the Bible study is very important, but you can have the greatest Bible teachers from all around the world preach to you on your phone wherever you are. You can get content anywhere, but you can't get community anywhere. And you've got to get around, you've got to get into a small group, a serving group, find your community so you can confess your sins one to another, so you can experience the freedom and healing that God has for you. You might go, well, Brennan, what do you mean? It's just me and God, we're all right. Let's go back to Genesis. When God made Adam, and then God said to Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. But it was him and God. Isn't that everything? No, God needed to make a helper that was suitable for him, to help him. And it's saying today, we've got to find community, find the people, the people that are suitable to help us, to walk in the freedom that Christ has for us. Some people are in pain, isolated. Get out of your isolation, get around faithful people, get into a life group, confess some things in your life and experience the freedom that Christ has for you. But you don't know. You don't understand. Well, you know what? That's the step you need to take if you want to find freedom. Find some... Oh, well, I've trusted people before. Well, don't trust those people again. Find some people that you can trust. Yeah. 
they've got your best interest at heart. That are going to push you to the word of God, not to opinion. So they're going to say, this is what I think. I don't want to hear what you think. Tell me what the Bible says in Jesus' name. So God forgives people heal. So important. An example of this, my, my son Oliver. He is six years old and he has the most craziest imagination. He can say the most elaborate stories and then he'll go, just joking. Like he the other day told his school teacher that his dad was dead. I know, everyone likes me I was preaching, my son wants me dead. Why? Why, Jesus? I'm going to serve you. And then she goes, well, how did he die? And it was around the same time that that person had been eaten by a shark on TV. He said he'd been eaten by a shark. And so that day when Mel picked him up, the teacher goes, hey, I just need to ask you a question. Is your husband okay? It's like, yeah, I'm still alive. I'm here anyway. But he's, he's just a storyteller. And he, he does it quite well. And, um, but the other day, he, he came downstairs and his hand was bleeding. And I thought, man, it was bleeding. It's quite deep. And I'm like, what's going on? And it's dripping on the floor. And, and I go, what happened? And he said, well, well he had this story. I went, to, I went to my bed, climbed up on my bunk, and I grabbed the handle and there was a little bit of metal. And that little bit of metal cut my hand. And we thought, all right, that's the story. So we bandaged it up and, and time went on. A few days later, he, he's in the bath with Mel and he's just sitting there. He goes, all right, I've got to confess something. I've got to tell you the real story now. He goes, I didn't cut my hand on the bed. I cut my hand playing with the Stanley knife that dad told me not to play with. And so he was scared he was going to get into trouble. So he lied. And over those few days, it was just festering on his heart. But then he confessed it and he was free. You know, it's the same picture for most, most people. Can we're going through life, we're holding stuff, struggles, secrets, addictions, getting it wrong. Come find people that you can speak to that can bring healing and no better place than in a life group or a serving group in Jesus name don't go through the pain alone we do it together in Jesus name amen I mean so we see here we got to if we want to find freedom the only way we're going to find freedom is knowing God we're seeing that there's a there's a process here that God wants us all to discover when we know God then we can start to find freedom which leads us to the next part of scripture where it says this in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. So we know God to find freedom so that we can discover the call that God has for us. I like the language around this. We know God, find freedom, now we can discover our purpose. Discovering purpose gives us something to run at. And I believe all of us need something good to run towards. You know, the race that we're running, we're running with endurance, we're running forward towards what God has for us. We're not shadow boxing. We're not just having a dress rehearsal, but we're running this race to win. We're running with purpose. And God wants all of us to discover our purpose. A stat in America says that 80% of people that attend an American church don't know what their purpose is. 80% of people that attend the church in America don't know what their purpose is. I'm thinking the, the body, the, the, the church is the body of Christ. Now imagine if, if 80% of your body didn't know what it was meant to be doing. It would just, you'd, you'd look silly. It just wouldn't function. It wouldn't work right. That's why it's so important. And God has always wanted to make known to us the path of life, which is to know him, find freedom, but then discover our purpose. Give us something to run at, the God vision, the God dream for our life. See, the purpose that God has for us, it's good 
That brings fulfillment to our life and it blesses people around us. It's so important that we all discover our purpose. And in a few weeks' time, in, just after Easter, we're going to relaunch um, our, um, our growth track, which is a little program that we do just to help people discover their purpose. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, get ready to, to sign up for that because it's going to help you to begin to discover. You know, if you know God, you're finding freedom, time to discover your purpose in Jesus' name. Because Romans 12 verse 6 says this, we have different gifts according to the grace God has given us. We all have different gifts, different callings. We've got to discover that so that we can be the church that God's called us to be. That's not people walking out. That's the worship team, if you didn't know. Now, something good to run out. Now, a good example of this, you've got greyhound racing, dog races. The way that they get the dog to run around the track, is when the gate opens, there's a mechanical rabbit that takes off on a rail that the dogs are chasing. That's the purpose. That's giving them direction. That's what they're running at so that they can get to the end and whoever gets their first wins when it comes to a dog race. I remember hearing a story, a story, I remember hearing a, story a few years ago about one of these races and when the rabbit took off, it malfunctioned and exploded. Fur and wires and sparks went flying everywhere and the funny thing is, is that the dogs didn't know what to do once they lost what they were running towards. It says that some of the dogs just laid down and went to sleep. It says that some of the dogs just started barking at the crowd. And then some dogs got so disorientated, they ran into the rail and hurt themselves. I just thought this is a pretty clear picture of what happens to us when we lose our purpose. We go down and go to sleep. We start barking at people or we ultimately hurt ourselves. Come, that's why it's so important that we discover our purpose and we keep moving forward in what God has for us. Come on, as a church, we're called to win the lost, make disciples. Come on, let's be people that run that race to win. Not barking at people and carrying on, but running with purpose. And the last is this, it says, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He's talking about living an inheritance in his holy people, leaving something, making a difference in the world around us. So the last thing I believe that is the path that God makes known to us is we're called to make a difference. Called to make a difference. You know, if we're going to make a difference, we've got to be different. We're not just a holy version of the world. We're the church. We are the, we've got the hope. We've got the message that's the hope of the world. Come, we don't do things the way that the world does it. We're different. We make a difference by pointing people. It's not about bringing glory to us or to the church. It's about bringing glory to God and doing what God has called us to do. We're all called to serve and make a difference. John 15 verse 8 says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be a disciple. Whereas if you're a disciple of Christ, there's got to be fruit. There's got to be growth. There's got to be something that comes out of your life to make a difference. Because I have told you this, verse 11, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Why does God want us to make a difference? Why does God want us to make uh, bear fruit in our life? So that we can receive the joy. Our joy can be complete as we keep making a difference for the glory of God. We're called to make a difference. Now let me show you this. If we want to make a difference, we can't make a difference without discovering our purpose. We can't discover our purpose unless we find freedom. Come, we can't find freedom unless we know God. Where are you at? 
Keep working out the plan that God has for you so that you can make a difference. You can bear much fruit. You can be the person, the big person, the one that grows into all that God has for you as you begin to discover where you're at and taking your next step in Jesus' name. You might go, Brendan, why have you talked about this today? I've spoken this message because you need to get going. Stop putting things off. Stop saying one day. Get going. There's a green light. No God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Make a difference. Come on. You're only getting older. You know, there was a... a, a, I can be a little bit of an impatient driver. Like, I'm saved, but sometimes when I'm driving, I don't act saved. I don't know what it is, just... No one's perfect. It's the mess that you're talking about. That's why I had communion. Do you have to forgive me of my driving? But I know that there's times, that it's even happening at the front here. I'm sitting, waiting to turn in this car in front. And I'm waiting and, and it's going to go green. It goes green and they don't move. Anyone experienced that? It happens out this intersection a lot. And I'm thinking, well, there could be a church person. And I thought... Thought, well, they're in the wrong. I'm, I'm their pastor. I've got to help them and guide them. So, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking either I can just nudge them, give them a little tap with the car, which would be expensive. I can hold the horn down. This is what I want to do. But most of the time, well, there was this little, little beep, just a little beep. Get going. And so today, I want you to feel that I've got to, I want to hold the horn down for some people. Get going. The light's green, but I'm going to give you a little beep. It's up to you to take your next step. The light's green. Keep moving forward in what God has for you. Stop putting it off till tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. Life is but a vapor. Come on, outwork the plan that God has for you. He has made known the path that leads to life. Know God. Through Jesus, that's right. Know God. Find freedom. Discover purpose. Make a difference in Jesus' name.